Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Saturday, looking back at Sunday. That's why I call it The Weekend Edition. Uh, Elizabeth McGovern has a new movie, uh, so she'll be talking about that. Abby Boyle's uh, hanging up her ballet shoes. Uh, Rod Dixon is certainly not hanging up his running shoes. Uh, explains how to do it to Tim Roxborough, who doesn't seem to have any idea. And then Jack Thames talks about his uh, music listening habits. But before any of that, um, uh, Stephen Donald, he used to play for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs seem to be coming right slowly this season. Just a cracking game of rugby last night, mate. Yeah, it was a hell of a game of footy in the end, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, I mean... Two teams have obviously been battling away and, and got a bit of confidence now. So it was, uh, it was a great game for footy stayed in there. How important in the end do you think that draw was versus the Hurricanes? Because after four straight defeats, for me there was the season turnaround because a result happened. If that hadn't happened 0-5, going to Africa at 0-5, you think the season would have been different? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll know at the end of the year what it, what it actually meant at the end of the day. But absolutely, I think, um, you know, regardless, of what's going on in the competition. I think you, you say the Hurricanes are a top four team, you know, they'll be there or thereabouts at the end. So the fact that we went toe to toe with them um, gave the boys a bit of a bit of boost of confidence. And the fact is we didn't actually play that well that night against the Hurricanes either, but still got the um, still got the draw. So I think knowing where the Hurricanes are as far as on the ladder and where they'll be at the end of the year, I think that was the shot on the arm that uh, I guess the young boys needed. Oh, it was just such an end-to-end, you know, ding-dong, close encounter, scores up, down, them score, you score and everything last night. When did you feel it was safe? Uh, when that when that final whistle blew, to be fair, I was, uh, I, was I got a bit nervous when uh, young Plummer put that kick over and got Mufuna converted. Well, not even a converted, they just needed a try in the last minute, didn't they? So, um, yeah, I got a bit nervous at that stage. Yeah, I didn't actually see the game, but um, I talked to my mum about it. And she, like Stephen Donald, also got a bit nervous. And I would just like the Chiefs to win their games a little bit more convincingly. So uh, I don't. My mum's from '79. I don't want her getting nervous unnecessarily. So just think of her, Chiefs. And uh, yeah, don't give her any cause for alarm. Thanks. And now Elizabeth McGovern uh, has got a new movie. Let's hear all about that. The first thing that we should let everybody know is that not only are you the leading lady on this film, but you also optioned the novel, you produced the film, and worked with screenwriter Julian Fellows to adapt the novel to the big screen. Quite an adventure, I imagine. Indeed. More than I ever dreamed. (laughs) Well, of course, your husband's a producer, isn't he? Yes. Did, Did he jump on board and help out? I got some good advice along the way. I, I cannot deny it, and I needed it. it, it it's, it's a rocky road to pull something like this together independently, and um, there are lots of ways uh, that you run into um, walls that I, that I hadn't predicted, but um, one after another, we seem to be able to surmount them, um, even when I thought we never would. So um, it kept chugging along this project, and um, finally it is born now. (laughs) How long has it been, Elizabeth, since the idea popped into uh, your head? Well, over the course of all the ups and downs since I first read the book, it's been seven years, over seven years. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. No. (laughs) You hear stories of longer development periods. So there you go, Elizabeth McGovern on her... Passion Project, The Chaperone there. Have you ever read a book and thought, I'm going to make this into a movie? 
and then just gone and done it. No. I mean, I've read some great books, but I don't really know how to make movies. I think that's probably what's holding me back there. Uh, Abby Boyle, uh, she, I, I don't know how to do ballet either, but she certainly does, but she's calling it a day. For people who aren't familiar with the life of a dancer in the Royal New Zealand Ballet, just can you can you give us a bit of background as to how you first became involved with the company and then, and then what your life is actually like when you are part of that? We start class at about 9.30. Um, we have a, an hour and a half warm-up class and then rehearsals till about 6 o'clock, uh, six days a week. Uh, and then we go on tour and we perform where our hours change from uh, about 12 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. So it is very rigorous. And even though we're not, even when we're not in the studio working, um, you know, you have to do lots of maintenance like physio and Pilates and podiatry and things like that. So um, it is a complete lifestyle. What makes it as addictive and enjoyable and rewarding as it is? Ah, uh, the hard work. I loved I loved working in the studio. Um, I still do. You work so hard for the, that particular moment on stage where you can really let everything go and um, uh, be free and, and really perform. Mm. Is it an <laughs> adrenaline rush? Of course. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, exercise is adrenaline, right? So, you know, it's such an enjoyable career um, because you do get that and you do get the art- artistry on top of it. So it's sort of... Um, yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah. How does your body handle it? Uh, <laughs> um, you do have to battle injuries. Um, it's not. I mean, we're not born to stand rotated and on our points, and you know, and all that sort of stuff. But um, so that's the that's the whole challenge of refining and making lines beautiful and and that. But. Um, yeah, there's there's certain injuries that <laughs> do happen. Yeah. I think probably what Jack was getting there at there was uh, was she ever clubbed in the back of the head or taken out deliberately by a rival dancer? I think that's that's what we've come to expect from high level ballet, given various movies and television programs over the years. Do you think, or is that just in movies and television programs? I really need to stop getting all my information from movies and television programs. Uh, Rod Dixon uh, was on with the Weekend Collective over the weekend. That seems to be the best time to have that collective. Um, he was trying to explain to Tim Roxborough. Well, I'll let Tim ask the question. Rod, for, for me with my fitness, I do a lot of tennis and a lot of squash. I played cricket for like 25 years, but I've stopped doing that now um, because I'm, I'm on the radio and trying to be a good husband. And um, But anyway, so I, so I do a lot of tennis and, and, and squash um, and quite a lot of walking, but I'm just not, I'm not shedding any kilos and everyone I know who's losing weight, they seem to say the same thing, that they're running. So what, what is it about the running versus all the other sports that seems to do it? Well, running is your cardiovascular fitness. And you get, of course, and Lorraine is the, is the premier. I mean, she, she represents the Lydiard Foundation. Of course, Lydiard, Lydiard's system for running and training is worldwide and still used to this day. And so, and of course, Lorraine understands and, and promotes the principles and philosophy of the Lydia system of long, slow dr- dr- running, jogging. But I think, I think the first thing is, I would say to you, let me have a look at what you're eating. Because if you're not losing weight, don't use running to lose weight. You, you, you've, got to, you've got to stop what you're eating. And if you're eating shit, you better stop. 
Oh, that, that could also be an no, no, issue. That was sugar. That was sugar. 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 Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's sugar. just use uh, sugar going forward, Rod. A legend yeah. gets a legend gets one of those. You got it out. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a shame actually, because that is basically the only reason I go running is so I can eat shit. Um, but the heel spurs, old Donald Trump syndrome, in one one foot. Running's not very helpful with that. You're supposed to not do the high impact. I really love eating the shit, so... Mm. Uh, we're going to finish up here. Uh, I think we can handle the S-word, can't we? We're all grown-ups. Um, even you kids listening, you're, you're grown-up if you listen to this, I think. Uh, what do you like to listen to? What does Jack Tane like to listen to again and again and again? What's interesting about this study, though, is just how extreme we can be with our favourites. Even in this digital age, where you can choose from almost every piece of music on earth, 60% of the study participants, 60% admitted that if they really like a song at any one moment, they will listen to it at least four times on repeat. It follows something called the Wundt curve. It's a bell curve, right? A basic sort of parabola thing. So the more you enjoy a song, the more you listen to it, the more you enjoy it, the more you listen to it, the more you enjoy it, the more you listen to it, the more you enjoy it, the more you listen to it, enjoy it, listen to it, enjoy it, listen to it, enjoy it, listen to it, you get it, until you reach peak saturation. Da, 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 da. And just as quickly as you became obsessed, you drop it. You move on from Ludwig van to Frank Ocean. And then to Muse, the best three-piece alternative rockers on earth. Oh, how Matt Bellamy's falsetto soars, lingers and haunts. Play it again. Play it again. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if after this month... I don't listen to Beethoven's Sixth Symphony for a decade. Wow. I, I really was not expecting Jack to sing symphonies at us during this part. You see, you never know what you're going to get. Um, it's a, I, I'm very cynical about online streaming music services. I really do feel like they push things on us that it thinks we asked for but really do we want to hear the same things again and again or would we like to hear some new stuff from time to time um, try album radio is that a thing on Spotify I, th- I just miss listening to whole albums you can do it but it's it's way down the options um, got a bit distracted there right at the end. Normally I get distracted much earlier in the podcast than that. Let's hope it to the end this time. Uh, let's see when I get distracted when I'm back here with more News Talks there being tomorrow. I'll see you then. I am GNZB.